How does a penguin build its house? How? It glues it together. <laughs> Get ready, we're turning it up. Get ready. Get ready, we're turning it up. What's going on, my fellow champs? How are we doing this evening? It is another episode of the Pigskin Champs Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Justin and Derek. You can find us both on Twitter at pigskin underscore jgonzo and pigskin underscore drock. Derek, how are we doing tonight, man? Fantastic. I'm doing great, man. Got a... uh... Yes, sir. We're gonna talk about some running backs here, man. This is probably one of the more important positions in the in the game. So, really excited yes, to talk is. some uh, some ball carriers, man. You ready? Absolutely, man. I'm excited. I'm very excited. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, well, we ain't got no news to notes today, so let's just jump straight into it. Okay. So we're gonna be talking running back rankings. We're gonna go top thirty six top 36 guys um a little swagger with the running backs I yeah like. have to man have to with the with the sure. uh the touchdown scores the ball carriers let's let's get into it man uh let's just let's just go top six who you got all right man so who is your 101 like first running back or like 101 overall because it's the same guy right per, or yes jesus i am tired of seeing all of these questions. Oh, I have the 101. Who am I taking? I feel like that is a very strong consensus of it should be Christian McCaffrey going 101. Dalvin Cook is right there, but it's still Christian McCaffrey. He's still utilized the way that Christian McCaffrey should be utilized. Like I think we might have a different number two. Oh, do you? Let's see. Who, who do you right, have? Let's go. Be, One through six. All right, just so rattle my, them off. My top six is Chris McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, and then Aaron Jones. Yeah, we have the same guys in the top six order. Okay. So I've got McCaffrey, Kamara, Cook, Elliott, Henry, and Aaron Jones. Top six. Okay. So we got the same guys. Can't really go wrong. I mean So you you flip why did why do you have Kamara above Cook? Volume. I mean you, you can make the argument that Dalvin Cook's gonna have volume too. So I really don't have That's what I'm saying. It's really You're... just splitting hairs here. But uh I think the Kamara volume on the ground and through the air is gonna is what puts him over the top. Because you know, Dalvin Cook does have legitimate competition for targets in that offense. You know, we talked about Justin Jefferson last episode. You got Adam Thielen still, Irv Smith coming into his own. They don't really have that situation in New Orleans. It's it's pretty much Callaway, you know, Michael Thomas anybody. in that at the end of the year. And I mean Adam Troutman's hurt. So Kamara's gonna be they utilized. They have nobody. <laughs> yeah. So I just think that the receiving work plus all the rushing work he's gonna get and 
You know, reports come out of camp that Latavius Murray is not a lock to make the roster. They named Tony, was it Tony James? I think his name is, or Tony Jones. I don't know. He's the number two. So yeah, this is a locked and loaded Camara's number yeah. two for me. Like, I like, I love Dalvin Cook, but Camara's got to be number two for me. He just, there's just no doubt in my mind right now that he's behind CMC. But again, like you can't really go wrong with any of these guys in the top six. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, I'm going to start off with 7 through 12. I've got Saquon at 7, uh, Najee Harris at 8, Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and Austin Eckler will finish out my top 12. Where do you have Saquon Barkley? I have him exactly where you have him, right at 7? Seven? Seven. Okay, so we're, we're in lockstep on that yep. one. All right, so give me your 7 yep. through 12. Who do you got in that range? So I have Saquon, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, Najee Harris, Jonathan Taylor, Antonio Gibson. All right. So I think the difference here is that I have Clyde and you have Gibson in your top 12. Talk to me about Gibson. Why are you confident in Gibson over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Well, for one, Gibson's not hurt right now. But um, (laughs) that helps. uh, No, but uh, Antonio Gibson, man, I just like – I just think that they're going to have – he's going to be utilized a lot more than what he was last year. You know, he – yes, he had a very high um, – what, what was it? Um, a high touchdown ratio last year. But if he repeats the same amount of touchdowns but his carries increase, then – you know what I'm saying? It's going to put him right there in the number. I think his volume that he's going to have and what I have started out, he's going to be in that running back one conversation. Like he's going to have the volume alone to be in a, a running back one conversation. All right. And there's reports coming out saying that they might use him in a Christian McCaffrey kind, kind of role or whatever it is. He just needs his usage to go up. Paint Barber is not going to be a factor. Uh, J.D. McKissick's his um, his targets are going to go down. This is not the same type of offense. They don't have the same type of lack there of quarterback play. I I just think that this is going to be a totally different offense that we're in the ball, ball with Antonio and between the runner between the tackle. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh my fear with Antonio Gibson is the lack of not maybe not the lack maybe lack is a is a wrong word but. J.D. McKissick's still there. Jared Patterson, a rookie running back that they drafted this year, is is now there, and he's a he's a pretty good player. He's a pretty good pass catcher. So Ryan Fitzpatrick is not the same quarterback as Alex Smith, and Alex Smith was just dumping it off left and right. So I feel like the old running back target share is going to go down in this offense with Fitzpatrick pushing the ball down the field. He's that kind of quarterback. He's that kind of guy that does not give – a flying you know what right so he's gonna just chuck it all around the yard and can Antonio Gibson carve out enough of a receiving share to be a top 12 back yes I think he can but I'm not gonna bet on it so I so have him Antonio Gibson well Antonio Gibson was only targeted 44 times last year and he only had 170 rushing attempts yeah that that's that's where I'm saying it's going to go up. So if he repeats his receiving line from last year, gets 44 targets, but his rushing attempts 
increase. He's guaranteed, not guaranteed, obviously, but he's going to be in that running back one conversation. He finished as an RB12, as the RB12 last year and in half PPR scoring. I just think that with the touchdowns, he could. I could easily see him do double-digit touchdowns. I could easily see him get more work. I I just think there's no way he doesn't finish in the top 12. All right, he finished as the uh, running back 13 in PPR scoring last season. So, I mean, yeah, your your argument's valid. If he does increase his, his, his uh, workload on the ground and maybe repeats that same receiving share, then, yeah, I mean, he could be a top 12 back. I just have – I got Clyde in there because I'm – I think I'm more confident in – that offense and targeting the back, the targeting Clyde at wow, <laughs> targeting Clyde Edwards Hilaire in this offense. I just think the upside of the offense is a little bit better. And if if all the changes they made on the offensive line come through and they're able to run the ball a little bit more, take the ball not out of Mahomes' hands, but make him not have to throw the ball 70 yards down the field every single play, you know, I think that's going to help out the offense um, throughout the season. So I'm just more confident with Clyde. I do have Antonio Gibson at 13, so it's not like I'm, you know, fighting you on this. You know, I could easily see him. You know, I could flip them. You know, if, tomorrow if I feel differently. But as of right now, you know, I've got Clyde two spots ahead and Gibson at 13. I, I'm I'm drafting both of them in this range, so I think they're great values, both of them. So the talent absolutely. is there, absolutely. So you know, I'm all on board the Antonio Gibson train, just not as a top 12 back. As of right now, could change. Okay. All right. So my 13 through 18 will be Antonio Gibson, Joe Mixon, J.K. Dobbins, David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, and Chris Carson. Who do you have in your the first half of your, uh, RB, or your RB2s? So I've got Clyde, Joe Mixon, J.K. Dobbins, Chris Carson, David Montgomery, and DeAndre Swift. Okay. I got Swift one spot lower, so I have him at 19. So, I mean, again, it's not super crazy. I think we're pretty pretty much even on these. We have the same uh, same guys in this range. Um, is there a guy that particularly stands out to you in this range that you're really targeting? Is there a guy that you're maybe trying to fade at all costs in this spot? Um, Man, it it's kind of hard to, to say I'm going to fade him. Uh, I mean, because if, if the ADP is there, I'm willing to take it. Uh, but DeAndre Swift, that that's a guy that that has, like, he's got like that the bust flavor when you're drafting him. You know, you, you just it, it kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. He's a very good uh, talent, but you just don't know what this uh, Detroit Lions offense is going to look like. I don't even know if he's going to have knees to start the season because his coach might have bit him off by now. <laughs> but I, I just don't know what the heck's going on. So it it kind of I kind of temper expectations. Is kind of why I've had him down at 18. Um, but yeah, a guy like that, I really might I'm I might take my shot on a, a Josh Jacobs, who I have one spot lower than him, but maybe has a a little a little bit more of a safe job. And at least I know that the Raiders can run a top ten offense. Yeah. Yeah, for me it's you know that's why I have Swift at 19. I'm just not I'm not confident in the overall offense. The upside doesn't is not there for me. He's starting the season a little banged up, so you know I'm just I'm just kind of off of him. But I mean I I still have him over my next group of guys, which is uh, we'll just move right into it. Uh, RB twenty: Damian Harris, Miles Gaskin, Mike Davis, 
Kareem Hunt, Daryl Henderson. This group right here is is kind of uh, uninspiring, I guess would be the right word. I'm just not really super excited to get any of these guys on my team. Like I said with DeAndre Swift, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, you know, he I think he's a little overhyped, but Damian Harris gets an uptick with the trade of Sony Michelle. Uh, getting him off the roster. So I moved him from, uh, I believe I had him at RB24 this morning, and now he's up at RB20. Uh, Gaskin, Davis, Hunt, Kareem Hunt, and Daryl Henderson. You know, that group right there, I mean, it's just, for me, that's, you know, I'm fine with getting one of these guys on my team, but I'm not super excited. So what does your uh, back and RB2 look like? So I've got uh, at 19, I have Josh Jacobs. Then it goes Mike Davis, Miles Gaskin. Daryl Henderson, Damian Harris, and Raheem Mostert. Oh, you got Raheem Mostert up here. Yeah. Man, I all right. So when when I look at Raheem Mostert, I, I do think that he gets a little bit of, you know, dist. He is a very good running back. Um, I understand that he is hurt a lot, but when we're talking about the San Francisco play or system, the offensive system. They don't need your they don't need that volume to produce as RB2 numbers, which is weird to say because we, you know, fa- volume is key in fantasy football. But for Raheem Mostert, like he needs his 15 touches a game and he can make you happy as your RB2. The man is healthy, he's gonna be on the field. He is the presumed RB1 until until otherwise noted. Until it's ripped um, from his hands. I, by Trey Sermon, I I just I see, and I just don't know because they've always used multiple running backs in this system. So if he's healthy, I think that he's going to get enough to help you produce for wider or running back to production. And I have him right there on that back end, the last spot of my RB twos. All right. Well, I will talk about. I will give my rebuttal on Raheem Mostert shortly. Oh. I have him a little bit farther back. So let's go through. RB25 to RB30. I've got James Robinson, Miles Sanders, Chase Edmonds, Javonta Williams, Ronald Jones, and Trey Sermon. Yeah, Sermon is my is my RB30. So I'm just going to start with the Sermon talk because Raheem Moser is at 32. Um, I do have Sermon ranked higher, and I will draft it like this. My biggest... Um, a biggest thing with that uh, situation is Raheem Mostert, I think, is a change of pace back by default. Like that's his, that should be his role, right? That's what he's best at. He's the guy that's going to come in and get, you know, I would say anywhere between eight to fourteen touches. Whether that's like eight or nine rushes and then a couple targets per game, I think that that's where he should be because he gets hurt a lot, you know. And I think that his workload should go down, but he also is a guy that produces with the touches that he gets if he's a healthy guy and he gets the ball he's electric he will take it to the house on you in an instant so i'm not saying that he's not a good player by ranking him all the way at 32 my biggest thing is that i think trey sermon will take over sooner rather than later and be the early and trey sermon can be the every down back especially if the 49ers are forced to use him in that role if raheem Mostert suffers an injury and we already know that Jeff Wilson is going to be out till about November. So that's why I got Sermon ranked a little bit higher. Sermon has taken, I mean, right now, Raheem Mostert's hurt. 
And Sermon's taking all the first-team reps right now in training camp. All right, so I do have James Robinson up here at RB25. Pretty confident in that. Um, I think at, just as a fringe RB2, I think really it just depends on Carlos Hyde and his usage. Miles Sanders is the one player in this range that I just absolutely hate taking. I, I've never, I'm not drafting Miles Sanders anywhere. I don't care how far he drops. Really not taking him. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. I, I have, I'm just going to tell him uh, my six and then I'll, I'll rebuttal on that. I have Miles Sanders at 25, uh, James Robinson 26, Javante Williams, Chase Edmonds, Melvin Gordon, and then Kareem Hunt. Uh, Miles Sanders, 100%. He's off my draft board. I already talked to him about my uh, fades or uh, the blacklist. I believe I put him on there. I do not want any part of Miles Sanders. I don't. I, I no. I'm not. I'm not going to take that chance. I rather take my chance on a James Robinson or the hopeful late breakout of Javante Williams. Um, I for James Robinson, it is interesting. The man survives yet again. I think he is going to be fantasy relevant, more fantasy relevant than he was going to be with a first round. Um, a first round drafted in the actual NFL draft, uh, Travis Etienne in his backfield as well. Uh, I just, I'm willing to take my shot on that over Miles Sanders. I think he's going to be decent. Like I said earlier, or I said last week, I think he's going to be that solid RB2. I think he's going to have enough production. I just also want to temper expectations, is why I have him down so low because, uh, Urban Meyer. I, I don't know how that offense is going to look. I don't know what this dude's going to do. He's already talking about. I don't think don't he knows how this offense open. is going to look. <laughs> I don't know if you saw, like, during the preseason game, like, they put a camera on his face a couple of times, and he was just, like, staring across the field. I just, like, I don't know what to do. I just saw a, a meme on social media, and it, it was it was Urban Meyer's face on, on the sideline. <laughs> It was like uh, Urban Meyer looks like he's ready to fake a heart attack at any moment when this goes south. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. He got the number one overall pick, and he was he was like, "Oh man, this is, this job's gonna be so easy." And then he started calling plays in the NFL game. He's like, "Oh crap, <laughs> what did I he get myself name, into?" He didn't even want to name the starter when everybody knew who his starter was. Yeah, like who who in their right mind thought Minshew had a chance? I mean, reports were that Gardner Minshew asked for a chance, so this might have just been like a like a veteran, you know, show of you know he just gave he gave <laughs> him the threw him a bone, basically. What I'm trying to say, he was like, okay, fine, you know, your hair and your mustache are legendary. I might as well just give you a shot, and we all know that you're not going to win it, so whatever, sure, it's a it's a feel good story. So, but um, you know, I agree with you there. Um, I'm a little, I, I am nervous about, uh, James Robinson f- because of that fact, but I mean, if he gets anywhere close to the same volume he got last year, he could be a top 24 back easily. So, yeah. All right. Um, um, go for an, it. I will say though, an interesting PPR play, uh, that's a running back three right now. His current ADP is going right around the early sixth round. Uh, is Chase Edmonds. I think he'd be he's a decent uh, PPR play. I don't know how much of the workload he's actually going to get. He is a presumed RB1 in Arizona, but I think he is he is a, a very nice like flex play or RB2 
if you're stacked at the top and you know you maybe maybe you got like a Christian McCaffrey and then you kind of just were like, all right, I'm good. I'm just gonna wait on uh, running back a little bit. Yeah, I think he's a he's a good little filler for I mean, a couple of mock drafts that I did earlier this offseason. I had actually just as early as last week. You know, I took McCaffrey at the top and then I pounded receiver and tight end early and ended up with like ETN as my RB two, and I felt great about it. And I think that Chase Edmonds presents well, like a similar no, not anymore, obviously, but <laughs> Edmonds presents a similar you know, feeling if he's your RB2 and you have that kind of roster construction, a top two running back, a top three tight end, and then just a massive uh, wide receiver room. That's, you know, you know, I was getting guys like AJ Brown and CD lamb pairing him with Robbie Anderson as my third. And then that, you know, I felt really good about that. And then having ETN or now having a chase Edmonds as my RB2. I think I'm fine with that. You know, obviously, I would want Ed, uh, Edmonds as my three as a flex option, but you know, I'll be okay if if he is the guy in Arizona and he gets. I just want him to have the passing down work. To be honest, I don't even care yeah, about uh, as much of the rushing. So, all right, let's go with our the back end of our RB threes. At thirty one, I've got Melvin Gordon, Raheem Mostert, Michael Carter, David Johnson, Leonard Fournette, and James Connor. Um, who do you got? Thirty-one to thirty-six. Let's round it out. Let's talk about it. Who do you got? Um. Um. All right. So at thirty-one, I do have Ronald Jones. Then I got Trey Sermon, Michael Carter, Kenyon Drake, Leonard Fournette, and then AJ Dillon. I like AJ Dillon. I like him. I have him at thirty-eight. I just had the guys. I think are going to get the. They'll be the RB ones at the end of the. Like they will be the RB one on their team. That's how I finished out my top thirty-six. I've got A.J. Dillon just outside that range, along with Tony Pollard, Gus Edwards, Jamal Williams, Naeem Hines, guys like that who I think would be the number two or even like a high-end handcuff. So, I mean, I definitely don't disagree with the guys you had there. At this point in the draft, too, I mean, you're really not getting superstar running backs in this part of the in this part of the draft. But, you know, who is your 35 and 36 again? Uh, Leonard Fournette, A.J. Dillon. Okay. Yeah, I've got James Conner at 36. I'm not super confident in that one. I could easily see putting Dylan there, but I have to, for me, again, I'm one of those people who have to see it to believe it. So I have to see AJ Dylan get early down work because right now it's, just, it's Aaron Jones, you know? Just search his quads, bro. You start believing. Listen, I'm not going to fall for the quads, okay? <laughs> not, I'm not doing it. So I will not be fooled by thick quads. That sounds weird, but I will not, okay? Uh, All right, is there any running back that you want to kind of, you know, an honorable mention, I guess I can say, uh, after the top 36, anybody that you want to throw in there who could be a top 36 player? I don't, okay, so if we're talking about guys who could be a top 36, you got to go with um, Gus Edwards. He has... A he has a role in this Baltimore offense, and there's a possibility he could creep into that uh what or running back 36 range right into that bottom half of that uh you know RB3 range. And then the only other guy that I can say is uh I- I'm gonna go ahead and say uh Philip Lindsay might be a sneaky play, Ooh. like deep play though. Ouch. 
I don't know if I like now, that one. Hear me out. Hear me out. It RB three, like the somebody's got David Johnson. It looks like Philip Lindsay has now jumped David Johnson. And oh, for sure, hundred percent. You're talking about me talking about a flex play and a guy that you can get for cheap. Like right now, you have Philip Lindsay going at the back of the eleventh round. If I'm taking a shot on a guy who can possibly play a flex and he can give me like 10 to 11 pl- points in my flex spot, he catches a couple of passes or something like that. Like that's, that's not something I can be mad at. And I, I think that Philip Lindsay has somewhat of a path to get to that top 36. Not sexy. It makes you want to throw up, but there's Absolutely. a possibility yes, he, can do it that. he could be. <clears throat> Sorry, I just had to wash down the, th- <laughs> the throw up in my mouth. So, um, okay, so I got two guys as well. I'm going to just, the first guy I'll talk about is Naheem Hines. He's a guy that I think could be a top 36 play and could be a weekly. Um, I'm, I shouldn't say could be. I think he will be a weekly flex option in PPR formats because we saw it last year. We saw games where. Jonathan Taylor was riding the bench and Naeem Hines was getting carries and doing well with them having, and he was ripping off 10, 15, 20 yard gains and then getting a lot of receiving work as well. I'm not pissing everybody off. Yes. Yes. Including (laughs) myself, which made me trade Jonathan Taylor towards the end of the year, Jonathan Taylor. And and, and I had him, I, I was fading. I have been fading Jonathan Taylor. Um, you know, I know I have him ranked as a top 10 running back, but I'm not taking him in the first round. And and I would rather take, you know, the top two receivers or rather go with, you know, some other guys have more guaranteed work. I just think that Jonathan Taylor might lose, might not get an increased receiving share. So Naeem Hines is absolutely a guy that I'm keeping an eye on. And I might try to scoop up in the 11th or 12th round if I can get him there. And, you know, his, his ADP is 130 overall. So that's, that's pretty close to the end of the draft. So he's a guy that could have weekly or that will have weekly flex, um, production. And there's not many guys in this range that can say that, you know, are you, would you rather have Naeem Hines or Jamal Williams? Yeah, I would go Naeem Hines. Right. Uh, Naeem Hines or Zach Moss. I mean, that's that's kind of tough, but that one's a tough one because that, I could definitely see Zach Moss being the. I think I threw RB1. the Zach Moss in there because I'm just I'm just not on Zach Moss, so I'm just assuming that you're yeah. not. But I'm really not sure what your take is on Zach I Moss. Mean, but um, I, I mean, it doesn't sound good. <laughs> just no, right it doesn't. <laughs> but neither does Naeem Hines. So yeah, I mean, listen, Naeem Hines is not going to be a top twenty-four running back unless there's an injury to Jonathan Taylor, but. Even with Jonathan Taylor healthy, I think he he will be a flex option. So, and the other guy I'm going to throw in there, this one's for you, Justin. I'm going to throw in Savan Ahmed, the running back for the Miami Dolphins. The dude is an electric player. I, I, I was watching him in their last preseason game, and the dude is just ripping off run after run after run, catch after catch, and you're just like, who, the, who is this? Like, this guy is great. This guy is awesome. And then you look at the first team offense and they're giving Malcolm Brown more, you know, more snaps with the ones than miles Gaskin and Gaskin is not looking great through between the tackles. And I mean, the Dolphins were getting stuffed on some inside runs against the bears and 
Yeah. It was kind of tough to watch. And uh, Savan Ahmed could be a guy that I'm not going to say that he's going to take over for Miles Gaskin, but let's not also pretend that Miles Gaskin wasn't a late round guy who kind of fell into that job too. You know what I mean? So it's not like he's oh, a for sure. high draft capital player that's not going to lose his job. You know, his, this isn't Savan Ahmed running behind, you know, Ezekiel Elliott. You know, this is not that situation. This is Miles Gaskin, what, a fifth or sixth round pick? You know, a guy that... He was a sixth. Yeah. He's not a guy that they're super invested in. And if Savan Ahmed continues to improve, you know, because he was good last year, but he wasn't he wasn't really fantasy relevant at all. I mean, there was a couple games where he was solid, but nothing that jumped off the page to you. But this year, if he takes another step forward, if Tua takes a step forward and that offense as a whole takes a step forward, I think there could be a lot of space on the field, especially with the receivers that they pulled in. You know, th- this offense could be electric, and if Tua's taking that step forward, I want pieces, and I think Savon Ahmed provides some pretty decent late-round value. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. When two vegans get in an argument, is it still called a beef? Is that the joke? Yes. <laughs> is this the one-liner? <laughs> Oh, that's awesome, man. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you all for listening. You can follow both of us on Twitter at Pixkin underscore Jay Gonzo and at Pixkin underscore DRock. Follow the show on Twitter at Pixkin Champs on Facebook at Pixkin Champs Pod. Justin, take it away, dog. All right, guys, we appreciate y'all. Stay in tune. That is all of our positional rankings. Stay tuned next week when we get some great content coming out. And man, the season are right around the corner. And we are Let's really go. excited. Stay tuned to the Pigskin Champs. See you.